This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. I went to Vegas last weekend. Pretty crazy. Vegas, baby! Vegas! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Why don't you give me half the money you were gonna bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day! Some guys just can't handle Vegas. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your host for this podcast journey to my favorite city and yours, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. I wanted to do an episode all about Las Vegas's most overrated and underrated. Now, you've probably had the experience where your friends or coworkers have raved about how awesome something is, whether it's a movie or a restaurant or a TV show, and then after you check it out for yourself, you're left thinking, yeah, what's the big deal? Conversely, you've probably also been in the position of going to a restaurant or a movie or watching a TV show, and at the end of it, you're left thinking, why didn't I know about this before? Why isn't everyone talking about this? That's what I wanted to hit on in this episode of the podcast. I want to touch on Vegas's most overrated and underrated hotels, casinos, restaurants, bars, shows, and attractions. Now, I should add here that whether something is overrated or underrated is purely subjective. What one person calls overrated, another might call underrated, and I guarantee you're going to hear that in this episode of the show. In order to assemble this episode, I've enlisted the help of some fellow Vegas podcasters and bloggers. I put the request out for suggestions on a few different Vegas-related Facebook pages that I'm a member of, and of course, I've also put together my own list of what I believe to be Vegas's most overrated and underrated based on my personal experiences. Sam Novak is the creator of the blog Vegas Unfiltered, and the blog is exactly that. Sam writes all about what's happening in and around Las Vegas, and as the title suggests, it's definitely unfiltered. Sam is not afraid to speak what's on his mind, which was exactly why I reached out to him to be a part of this episode of the podcast. I knew that he wasn't going to pull any punches on the topic of Vegas's most overrated and underrated. And although we weren't able to connect to actually chat for the podcast, Sam was awesome enough to put together a list of his picks along with the rationale behind each of them and send it over to me. So I'm going to share that with you now. We're going to start with the topic of hotels. Sam's pick for the most overrated hotel, the Bellagio. Here's what Sam had to say. One of the most expensive and well-regarded hotels in the city, yet the masses choking its heart tend to make the lobby resemble a redneck state fair. Thousands of flip-flops, cargo shorts, pajama bottoms, tank tops, and yard-long drinks shuffle beneath a $10 million Chihuly ceiling every day, having no idea what it is or why it's unique. These everyday gawkers are in stark contrast to the multi-million dollar surroundings, carrying their bad behavior, lack of manners, beer coolers, and overflowing strollers with them. Call me snobby, but if I'm staying at a palatial resort, I want to be around a classier group of people. As for underrated, Sam's pick was the Palazzo. He said the Venetian sister property has the right level of vibe, elegance, and excitement to check off every box on my wish list. 
it somehow managed to achieve the proper balance between fun and classy and draws in a pleasant and appreciative crowd, minus the throngs that lug ice chests and beer koozies with them. Moving on to the restaurants, Sam's pick for the most overrated restaurant was the Pepper Mill. He said, don't misunderstand. I love the Pepper Mill. The atmosphere and vibe are terrific, as are the extensive menu and food quality. Sadly, the service is usually spotty, if not downright gruff, and the prices are loftier than any diner should be charging for a bowl of soup and a burger. Weekend breakfast hours often lead to wait times of over an hour. As for the underrated, Sam's pick was the Grand Lux at the Palazzo. He said, well, there are two Grand Lux locations in the Venetian and Palazzo Resort. The Palazzo one is larger and extremely easy to access via an underground parking garage. Prices are quite reasonable for a strip casino location. Portions are massive. Service is always stellar. And the lounge serves amazing happy hour food and drink specials. As for bars, Sam's pick for the most overrated bar was... The Piranha on Paradise Road. Now, he did say this one might not be relevant to the audience, but the Piranha is the last remaining mega bar for the LGBTQ crowd. Located inside an old repurposed building in a less than appealing location, Piranha boasts all the cliches of strip nightclubs like Omnia without having the right or reason. Outrageous drink prices, guest lists, bottle service, VIP hosts, and long lines ensure that you'll feel just as gouged as any straight person without the multi-million dollar surroundings. For underrated, Sam's pick was The Garage on Flamingo Road. Another gay bar, The Garage is the antithesis of Piranha. A friendly neighborhood atmosphere, great service, unbelievably low drink prices and an appealing mix of patrons makes the garage a great place for everyone gay or straight to hang out stop by for an hour and you're sure to make new friends sam says i always take my hetero pals here and every single one of them has fallen for the place now on to the topic of shows sam's pick for the most overrated show was O at the bellagio he says, it's hard to forget that O was the first show I ever saw in Las Vegas, and also one of the most disappointing. Any production that's known around the world and has been running nonstop for over 20 years should be great, right? Sadly, O is a snooze fest of epic proportions. While the technology is impressive, it's still creepy, bleak, monotonous, and has the most annoying clowns imaginable. This is the biggest entertainment letdown in the city. Caw runs a close second for almost all of the same reasons. As for the underrated side of things, Sam's pick was La Rev at the Win. Conversely, he says, La Rev continues to be perceived as Wannabe Cirque and a blatant knockoff of O, despite running for 12 years. Constantly revised and enhanced, this is one aquatic production that thrills and captivates without the usual Cirque du Soleil tropes. Sadly, it often plays to anemic audience attendance. Go figure. And finally, attractions. Sam's pick for the most overrated attraction was actually a tie between Fremont Street Experience and the Fountains of Bellagio. Sam says what was once novel becomes tedious with repeated viewings. The patterns of Bellagio fountains can't change because of their design, so it's the same effect no matter what music they play. The fountains could use a major overhaul along the lines of what Mirage did with the volcano a few years back. Thank goodness the Fremont Street experience has that very thing in store for them. 
Let's hope that the FSC updating gets away from endless classic rock videos and restores some of the magic of their earlier presentations like Area 51, Above and Beyond, and Lucky Vegas. For the underrated, Sam's pick was the Atomic Testing Museum. He says there's nothing wrong with getting a little taste of history when you're visiting Sin City. The Atomic Testing Museum on Flamingo Road will fill your brain with knowledge while tickling your inner child. Lots of vintage memorabilia, a clever sensory theater presentation, lots of eye candy, and a rotating roster of limited-time displays ensures you'll want to visit over and over. It's also one of the more reasonably priced daytime activities around. If you want more of Sam's insights on Sin City, check him out on Facebook at Vegas Unfiltered and on his blog at VegasUnfiltered.blog. When I initially put the topic up looking for Vegas's most overrated and underrated, heading off the strip seemed to come up in a lot of responses. Whether it was hotels, restaurants, attractions, or shows, people seemed to enjoy the idea of escaping the crowds and checking out some of the lesser known spots. So to talk about those off-strip locations, I enlisted the help of a fellow Canadian. Jenna Nye from Off The Strip, which is an online platform dedicated to everything happening, you guessed it, Off The Strip. We started the conversation with Jenna telling me how she ended up living in Las Vegas. I was actually going to, I was in university in Toronto, and my parents, at the time they were living in New York, and they had actually called me one day, and they were, they were like, I'm going to move to Vegas. And I'm thinking, okay, did you move into the Bellagio or Caesars Palace? Because me, I just, I mean, that's what, and it's so funny because then when I finally made that move, that's what everyone said to me, but they actually moved out to Summerlin. They were living in the Queensridge Towers when they first moved here. And I remember getting picked up from the airport, driving through Summerlin, and I was just, I mean, it's funny, our tagline is there's more to Vegas. And that was just exactly what I was thinking at that moment. I mean, seeing this little town and no traffic and I mean, it was so it was so eye opening. And I think that's what people miss when you think of Vegas. You think of people living, you know, in hotels when there's really such a, you know, community here. I mean, Summerlin is such a beautiful town that is really a suburb. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing, like like you say, people don't think of people living in Vegas. I mean, obviously they do because somebody's got to live somebody's got to work there and the people that work there have to live somewhere and but you don't think of like you say you don't think of the suburbs like you don't think of of going to all these different places and and going to people's houses and they have houses just like i do in suburbs with applebee's at the end of the street and a gas station right. over there and, a, and an elementary school and a 7-eleven and oh my god this is just like every other city in canada or in the u.s it's just such a bizarre it's a bizarre feeling and it kind of takes you out of that that illusion of being in Vegas, right? It's so funny because that's what Summerlin reminded me of. It actually reminded me of a Canadian little town that's, you know, calm and community oriented. And it totally reminded me of that. I was like, wow, there's actually streets here like there are in Canada. And I don't know why I had this idea that Vegas didn't have this, you know, and that's, I think, the idea that a lot of people have. But it really did remind me of like a small town in Canada. Well, and, and as a local, like going, living there, how often do you go to the strip? Like if you're not having to go for a specific reason 
for, you know, for work related or something like that, how often would you go to the strip? Honestly, now, I mean, after living here for more than two years now, unless I'm, you know, entertaining guests, and that's what I hear a lot of locals say. I mean, they won't go unless they have guests in town. But yeah, if, if I'm not if I'm not going to a show or going to a work-related event or meeting, I have no reason to. And I mean, now that most casinos, so I mean, I'm not a native local or anything, but I, I guess, so casinos have started charging locals parking fees. Right. And this is something that's, you know, very new to native locals and people are infuriated because I mean, it had always been free for locals. So I know that that, I mean, all the locals I interact with and all, you know, even local business owners, they're like, I don't even want to go down there anymore because they're going to charge us for parking. And I mean, I went to the wind the other day for a lunch and I think I paid $12 parking for two hours. Wow. It's just crazy. That's insane. That's it. Well, and I mean, for many years too, parking was free for the visitors as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's only been in the last two or three years where it's really become a thing that places are, are, you know, they're hitting everybody for parking and, 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 you know, between the parking and the resort fees and all the extra little taxes and little fees and the nickel and diming and just the overall extra cost of, of being on the strip do you find now that that's starting to drive people off the strip, like not just the locals, obviously, but the the tourists as well, driving them off the strip to go to some of those lesser known places? I do think that, yeah, we actually, so our company just launched, we launched a coupon book where we sent it to, you know, we set, we pretty much posted this promotion that any local, you know, that writes a review or watches one of our videos, you know, just has some sort of interaction with our site can come pick up a coupon book. So we've had about, you know, we've had like, I've had hundreds of people come in to get this coupon book. And so I'm interacting with these locals and I have just heard every single day, more than five times a day that, you know, we're so glad you are doing this. We are born and raised here and we used to go to the strip, you know, but now even with guests coming, we don't even want to take them. We want to show them what's off the strip just because of how much prices are going up. I mean, they just, they say there's no, not there's no reason to go there, but you know, they can show their guests and they can entertain themselves off the strip given how pricey it really is becoming. So the, the main topic of, of, this particular episode of the show is all about, you know, I wanted to talk about the Vegas's most sort of overrated things and and underrated things. And of course, I put it out to to Facebook and to on Twitter and just kind of out in the world and talk to friends. And off the strip did seem to come up a lot under the the underrated category of of things, right. whether it was restaurants or hotels or attractions or or shows. For yourself, can you think off the top of your head of of any any spots that that are would fall under that underrated sort of category? Yeah, I mean, I can think of plenty. Definitely a bunch of attractions. So, I think that I think places off the strip have definitely become more recognized within the past few years, and I think that people are branching out, and even just tourists are branching out to places off the strip. I mean, like Container Park. Have you been there? No, it's it's one of those things. What? Jeez. Oh my god, I feel, <laughs> I can feel the daggers coming through Skype on me already. Yikes! They are. Eey. 
it's it's on my list. Is that well? Is I that, guess it is underrated then. If you haven't been there, twenty. I'm coming up on trip number twenty four to Vegas, and yeah, I've yet to go to Container Park. Well, then that is definitely some place you have to check out. Oh my goodness! I I am legit writing it down. I've heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of it. I, but so it's like it's not a mall, obviously. Is it food trucks? Is it restaurants? Is it shops? Is it what? What is it? So yeah, it's shops, restaurants. So it's kind of like a bunch of, so these little shops and restaurants are in connexes, like big containers. Okay. So it's really cool. It's set up in kind of like a, a square, a rectangle. And you go there in the middle, there's a big park for kids. So it's like kind of like a big jungle gym. And then they have a projector up in which they do movies. They do live music. So you have that family oriented fun in the middle, but then there's, there's bars, there's, you know, restaurants with patios and live music. So it's actually really fun. I mean, you can take, you can go there for the nightlife, but then you can also take your kids there and there's like Lego blocks, like these giant Lego blocks for the kids to play with. There's this hot dog joint in there that is really, really delicious. All the, there's, um, then there's this thrift shop and it's like, you know, these cool outfits, just all this retro tight memorabilia. It's definitely a place that you have to check out. And I think that I do think tourists do get to go there, given that if they go to Fremont Street. So it is right down the road from Fremont Street. OK, but I think that a lot of local I think it's actually underrated for locals just because. Even though it's off the strip, it is, it's kind of in the hustle bustle of Fremont, mm-hmm. but it definitely is a place. I mean, I, that's actually probably one of my go-tos if I want a night out, but don't want to head to the strip. Gotcha. Okay. Any other, uh, I've, I've, I've put it on my list. So I have a trip coming up here in, in a couple of weeks, and then I have another one at the beginning of April. So if I don't make it in a couple of weeks... I will definitely do Container Park uh, in in April on that that trip because I I don't want you to hurt me. Um, <laughs> and, and I feel like I, I mean, I know we're both Canadians here. We're super polite. But but I feel like the risk of injury, if I say I have never been to Container Park and I don't go, I feel like the risk of injury is is quite high. Um, any other spots like that that you would recommend? Have you been to Ethel M Chocolate Factory? Oh my God, you're going to murder me when I say <laughs> no, I have not been to Ethel M Chocolate Factory. That's another one I got to add to the list. This is a really cool, so it's actually Nevada's largest and one of the world's largest collection. Like it's, so they have a big garden. So they have like a succulent garden, so a big cactus garden. And then I know for Christmas and Valentine's Day, they do like lights and theme different shows where you can walk through the garden. But it's actually, um, so it's a botanical cactus garden and it features four acres of ornamental cactuses and all other succulents. But it's really cool. Okay. That's a good one for the family. That's a really good one for the family because you get some chocolate. You can walk through this big garden. And I was just going to say, being that it's a chocolate factory, then, you know, obviously there's there's chocolate involved. So as a fat kid here, I'm totally all about the chocolate. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, you can eat your chocolate and you can walk it off a little bit in the garden. There we go. That it's like a it's 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 the circle of life right there is what you've got going on. <laughs> exactly. All about that. What about restaurants? I, I, I mean, Vegas in the last few years has become 
a huge foodie spot. And I mean, for me personally, myself and my wife, we love going for the food. We're not big gamblers. That's not our thing. We're, you know, both in our early 40s. So our days of nightclubs are, are way gone for us. Um, so for us, it's all about the food. I love going out to a restaurant. There's so many great spots. But we've started mm-hmm. to find ourselves sort of starting to branch out and get away from all the, you know, the quote unquote hot spots on the strip. What about some recommendations for underrated type restaurants? So, you know what? I actually relied. I mean, I have a lot of my personal ones, but a, a really cool segment that we just launched on our site is called Vegas Videos. So what we did is we reached out to local celebrities and just celebrities in general And we had them answer five questions, their favorite activity on the strip, favorite activity off the strip, favorite restaurant, favorite business, and a funny story of Vegas. So I actually kind of, I was going through these and I'm like, well, what better recommendations from, you know, these local celebrities that have definitely experienced it all. And so the Golden Steer actually came up recommended by two of our local celebrities. So that's definitely a good one to check out. Okay. It's on the list. I've added it to you. You're planning my entire next vacation. You're aware of that. You right? haven't been to the Golden Steer Steakhouse either? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, no. It is the oldest steakhouse in Las Vegas. Okay. On the list. There we go. Container <laughs> Park, FLM, Golden Steer. You filled my you filled my next vacation already. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not too surprised about FLM. I am very surprised about Container Park. I am surprised you haven't been there. I think you're going to love it. Does Container Park have the giant praying mantis out front that spits fire? They do, yes. Okay, so I have seen Container Park. Okay. <laughs> well, but, that's the first step. But I've never been to it. So now it is, it's on my list of places to actually go when I'm there. So that's, <laughs> that's good. Are there any others like that that you, you really want to hit me with that you want to see if I've I'm I'm a terrible Vegas tourist that's never been to these places. Well, well, there's one place, you know, I actually haven't been here, so I feel kind of guilty for saying it, but I just, I also asked the staff before our call, like, it's like, guys, any underrated things you have, like, let me know. I want to share the opinions of the entire off the strip, you know, team and the pinball hall of fame. Have you been there? How have you never been to the pinball hall of fame? Okay. 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 See, now the tables have turned. I've been to the Pinball Hall of Fame I don't even know how many times. I that place has taken that place has taken more money out of me than any casino in Las Vegas. I swear. That is so funny because you know I asked and someone told I've always heard about it. I've just never I I guess maybe is would you say this is an overrated one? No, definitely not. I you know what? It is it's absolutely underrated. It's one of those places that um I love it because it's a good way to get away from the strip for a few hours. It's cheap, 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 because all the games are literally a quarter or 50 cents. So you can go in there with 10 bucks and you can easily spend two or three hours in there. I don't know of anywhere else in Vegas that you can go and spend $10 and have three hours worth of entertainment. Um, the games are all, they're all old games. I mean, there's, there's pinball machines in there from, you know, the early 1900s up to arcade games of the early nineties. And yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't look like much on the outside. It looks 
shady as hell on the outside, quite honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's in an old carpet warehouse place. And, you know, the sign up front is not like it's nothing fancy. Well, um, this would be a family friendly attraction. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Family friendly attraction for certain. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's easily it's at the top of my list. And it's one of those things that. I will I will always recommend when people are going down if they're going to be looking for something to do off the strip, I will recommend that to them because again, it's, you know, it's a quick it's maybe 10 minutes off the strip on Tropicana just east of east of MGM. Again, it doesn't look like much from the outside, but on the inside it's so much fun. And and the guy that runs it, he does a lot of great charity work too. As far as I understand, the money that comes in on the games, he donates to local charities, and he's donated ridiculous amounts of money to local charities on that. So that's that would definitely be if if you're if we can turn the tables for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have been turned. Now I feel like I'm about to get attacked if I don't go to this today after work after work you should go straight there that's what you this meeting you've got coming up here you need to skip that and go straight there oh, I'm that. Canceling it. i am i'm already out the door <laughs> let's see here i'm trying to see if i have any other ones that you know i'm gonna get you with well have you been, okay first friday never been to first friday and and before you hit me with that and yell at me for that one here's why i'm okay. not usually in town on fridays Okay, well, you'll have to change that. I will have to change that. When I when I come to Vegas, I will usually... I'm not a big crowds guy. And so yeah. coming coming on the weekend gives me anxiety. <laughs> I, I totally understand that. So I'll usually come from like a Sunday to a Wednesday or a Monday to a Thursday. I find the room rates are a little bit better. It's not yeah. as crowded. It's not as busy. So that's my excuse for first Friday. But if I ever do find myself in town... On a first Friday, I do want to see, I, I do want to go and check that out because it does look like a blast. I honestly was surprised. So I went, I think it was maybe three weeks ago now, and I was expecting, you know, craziness and it wasn't too bad. It was actually really cool. There was, um, so Axe Monkeys, which is a axe throwing place here, they set up a little um, axe throwing kind of cage there and it was really cool. I mean, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't even say that I particularly found myself in a crowd at any point. Okay. But then again, I did go, I'm, I, it was early. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't there at 10 o'clock at night. Right. I okay. think I went around like seven. Okay. That's, that sounds reason. I, that would be for me. Cause again, you know, old guy over here, I got to be in bed early. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, me too. <laughs> I am. By nine o'clock, I'm done. You're done. I get you. I tell you, make it to nine. Wow, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Only sometimes. That's fantastic. Well, Jenna, I appreciate you taking the time today to chat. I really do appreciate it. Again, I know it was somewhat short notice. So, as I say, I owe you a coffee the next time I'm uh, I'm in town. All, all, dr all dress chips will work if you just bring me a bag of all dress chips. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Jenna. Of course. Thank you. You have a good one. Now it's time for me to have my say on my picks for Vegas's most overrated and underrated. And again, I want to remind you that these picks are completely and totally 100% subjective. Whatever I think is overrated might be something you absolutely love and something I think is underrated might be something you hate. 
And if that's the case, please feel free to reach out to me via social media or email with your thoughts so I can follow up in the next episode. Let's start off by talking about hotels. My pick for the most overrated, the Flamingo. Don't get me wrong. I love the Flamingo. I've stayed there numerous times. And as long as Caesars keeps floating me comp rooms or super reduced rates, I'll keep staying there. That being said, location and price are really all this property has going for it. The place is really showing its age and has for some time now. The rooms could use some major upgrades, and thankfully, that's finally starting to happen. As for underrated, I've actually got two picks here. First off, I'm going to throw out the Excalibur. It's the ultimate low-roller property. It's in need of some serious updates And the location isn't awesome, being at the far south end of Las Vegas Boulevard, but it's got easy access to the rest of the Strip. The amenities are really quite great, with lots of full-service restaurants and a food court and coffee shops, and the room rates are always amazing. And secondly, I'm going to throw out Treasure Island here as underrated. They're not owned by either of the major resort corporations. They've recently undergone some upgrades and renovations in the main casino area. The rooms are awesome. They're super comfortable. The on-site amenities are fantastic. And they're one of the few resorts left that offer free parking. They also occasionally have specials that allow you to opt out of the resort fees. Moving on to the category of restaurants, I've got a few picks for Vegas's most overrated, including... In-N-Out Burger, and I know I'm going to take some flack for this one. The food is decent enough, but in my opinion, there are way better places along the Strip to grab a burger, fries, and a shake. Secondly, Secret Pizza at the Cosmo. Again, people rave about how awesome the pizza is at this place and will tell you that you absolutely have to have it. Here's the thing. Secret Pizza is good for what it is. Late night, stumbling back to the hotel drunk, hungry, and looking for something to eat, pizza. But honestly, if you're sober, I wouldn't even bother with it. And third, for overrated, Hash House A Go-Go. I really do not understand people's fascination with this place. Everyone raves about it for breakfast, but seriously, it's nothing life-changing. The weight is always ridiculous, the portions are stupid big, and the food is is mediocre at best. Now to balance things out, I've got a few picks for underrated as well. First off, Virgil's Real Barbecue on the Link Promenade. I've never seen this place really busy and I don't understand why. The food is amazing, the service is awesome, and the prices are fantastic. Cafe Bottega. This place is off the strip, just a short walk up Flamingo Road East, located inside the Tuscany Suites and Casino. It's an awesome spot for breakfast. They're a multi-time Best of Vegas gold winner, and the value is amazing. You can go in there, get a specialty coffee and a breakfast sandwich for under $10, and then enjoy it sitting out by the pool if you want. And I'm also putting in underrated Village Pub and Cafe at Ellis Island. Again, off the strip, an absolutely amazing value and delicious food. Last time I was in town, I went for their late night prime rib special, $16.99, and that was the most expensive thing on the menu. I couldn't even finish it. By comparison, my venti mocha and coffee cake at Starbucks the next morning was $13. On the topic of attractions, these are my picks for the most overrated attractions in Vegas. Number one, 
Marvel's Avengers Station at Treasure Island. I'm a massive nerd. I'm a huge fan of the Marvel movies. And this is a really fun journey through the MCU with lots of costumes and props from the movies. But there's no way that it's worth anywhere near the cost of admission. They want $34 for anyone over 12 years old and $24 for kids aged 4 to 11. Plus, they tack an additional $8 fee onto each ticket. If you're staying at Treasure Island, they do offer a two-for-one deal. And if you hunt around on Groupon or online, you can usually find some discounted tickets there. I'm also putting Fremont Street Experience in as overrated. Now, I'm not talking about Fremont Street and downtown in and of itself. I'm talking about the actual Fremont Street Experience light show. People will rant and rave over this saying it's something that you've got to see and it's one of the best things they've ever seen. Personally, I don't get it. That being said, they've got a major multi-million dollar upgrade coming up. They're going to be spending about $32 million to improve this thing. And it's about time. It's been about 15 years since it was last updated. Moving on to Vegas's most underrated attractions, I've got three picks here. Number one, you heard about it earlier, the Pinball Hall of Fame and Museum. It's on Tropicana Avenue, about two miles east of the MGM Grand. It's a great escape from the madness of the Strip. Take $10 with you, hit the change machine for your quarters, easy to kill a few hours playing some vintage arcade games and pinball machines. National Atomic Testing Museum. Sam Novak mentioned this earlier in his picks, but I felt it was worth mentioning again. Tons of great exhibits in there about the history of nuclear and atomic testing by the U.S., but specifically in Nevada. And this one is one of my favorites, the Mob Museum. I personally have spent several hours touring through the exhibits here, which go through the history of the mob, not just in Vegas, but all across the U.S. It's located downtown in the former Las Vegas post office and courthouse, which itself is a piece of mob history. You'll find out why when you visit. Once you're done touring the museum, you can head down to the speakeasy in the basement for a drink, which is also a super cool experience. Finally, I want to talk about the topic of shows. The only show that I've seen in the last few years that I would probably call overrated is Penn & Teller. And honestly, it pains me immensely to put them in this category. I'm not going to deny they are goddamn Vegas legends. They've been performing at the Rio since 2001. They are officially the longest running headliners in Las Vegas history. I've been watching them forever, and I've always been a big fan of theirs. I've enjoyed their work on TV shows like Bullshit and Fool Us, but I'm starting to wonder if their time in Vegas is just over. I had the chance to see them live for the second time a few years ago, and I was horribly disappointed. The magic was pretty thin, the show seemed short, and for the most part, a lot of the audience just seemed bored. Now, to their credit, Penn and Teller still come out to the lobby to meet and greet their fans, sign autographs, and take photos, which is really cool. As for my picks for underrated, I'll start with the Tenors of Rock. Made up of former West End London and Broadway leads, the boys have been together since 2010 and made it into the finals of X Factor in 2013. They put an amazing spin on your favorite classic rock hits from the likes of Queen, ACDC, Bon Jovi, and many others. Currently, they're at Harrah's, but as mentioned off the top of the show, they're on the move and rumored to be headed over to Planet Hollywood. Next, let's talk about Human Nature Jukebox. Back in December, I had the chance to see these guys for the first time, and they are 
amazing. Hailing from Australia, they've been in Vegas for the past eight years and have done more than 1,500 shows. They combine current pop hits with doo-wop, Motown, and soul, and the whole show happens in the intimate environment of the Sands showroom at the Venetian. And finally, I'm going to mention Monday's Dark. This is the brainchild of my Canadian brother from another mother, Mark Chinook. This twice-monthly charity show happens at the space off the strip at the corner of Polaris and Harmon. Mark brings together his friends from the Vegas entertainment community to perform and help raise $10,000 for a different charity at every show. Honestly, it's the best value in Vegas entertainment with tickets starting at just $20. As I mentioned earlier, I also put the call out for opinions on Vegas's most overrated and underrated on a few different Vegas related Facebook pages that I'm a member of. And it seems that a lot of people online share many of the same opinions I do. On the overrated side of things, Hash House of Go-Go, Secret Pizza at the Cosmo, and Batista's Hole in the Wall showed up for restaurants. Avengers Station, Siegfried and Roy's Secret Garden, and Madame Tussauds Wax Museum popped up for attractions. The Cosmopolitan, the Bellagio, and the new Park MGM showed up for hotels. And Cirque du Soleil's Ka, O, and Mystere all made appearances when it came to Vegas's most overrated shows. As for the underrated, when it came to restaurants, Facebook commenters mentioned the Pepper Mill, Gonzales y Gonzales at New York, New York, and Mr. Lucky's Diner at the Hard Rock Hotel, which is soon to be the Virgin Hotel. As for attractions, Facebookers were big fans of the Lion Habitat Ranch in Henderson, the Mob Museum downtown, and like myself, the Pinball Hall of Fame. Regarding hotels, perhaps not surprisingly, it was a lot of off-strip spots popping up here, including the Tuscany Suites and Casino and the Golden Nugget and the Plaza downtown. As well, people mentioned the Strat, formerly the Stratosphere, and the Tropicana on the Strip. And finally, for underrated shows, Facebook replies included MJ Live at the Strat, Rating the Rock Vault at the Hard Rock, and Sexy the Show at the Westgate. Now, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to share your thoughts on Vegas's most overrated and underrated restaurants, hotels, shows, and attractions, or you've got a bone to pick with any of my or my guests' choices, please feel free to reach out via social media at Jeff Does Vegas or drop me an email at Jeff at WalkerNewMedia.com. <laughs> And I think that pretty much does it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks to this episode's guests, Sam Novak from the Vegas Unfiltered blog. You can find him on Facebook at Vegas Unfiltered and check out the official blog with all the latest Vegas news at VegasUnfiltered.blog. And I want to say thanks to Jenna Nye from Off The Strip. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Off The Strip and online at OffTheStrip.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Be sure to give me a follow on social media at Jeff Does Vegas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean so you'll know the instant a new show is uploaded. And be sure to check out past episodes and show notes at JeffDoesVegas.com. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode 12 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast, a Walker New Media production. <laughs>